Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Booze and Broadway. I am Nathan Brown, and before we get into anything uh, really serious, uh, before we take a drink, before we introduce our co-host, I do want to go ahead and have a little uh, trigger warning for this episode. It deals with uh, sexual assault um, and some very heavy themes, so if that is not something um, that you feel like you can listen to, please go ahead and uh, skip this episode, and there will be no harsh feelings from uh, our team to you. We just want you to be safe. So, um, coming off of that, let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts. Hi, uh, my name is BJ Sawyers. I am guest number 16? Mm-hmm. Guess number 16. Yeah, because uh-huh. uh, yeah, I just did 15. That would uh, yes, you only did. make logical <laughs> and numerical sense. Um, <laughs> and uh, today we're doing a very special episode. Um, do you want me to tell the name of the show or are you? No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, today we are covering um, Doubt the Parable, a play. Yes. So first of all, cheers. We're going to go ahead and take our first drink cheers. of the episode. Mm. Oh, that's good and dangerous. I love that. Um, Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so we're doing Doubt. It is our first play. It is also my favorite play. Um, So I thought we would... um, This episode is going to be set up different. We don't have songs. We we do have the script in front of us. Uh, We're going to get deep and down. We're going to be reading some. We're, like, it's going to be... It's going to be a different episode. You just let us know if you like this. Um, And we'll try to pepper in some straight plays because I know not everybody um, likes musicals, but the plays that I'll be choosing were on Broadway. So it does fit our booze and Broadway theme and theater. Well, I I do too. I, I think I like working on instead of acting uh, I'll in. say as a stage manager, it's infinitely easier uh, to do a straight play, God bless, than it ever is to do a musical. The organization that I've seen you and other stage managers do, like the, the, hi- the amount of highlighters <laughs> you have for a musical is astounding to me and for for a show like doubt with four people in it you're like i have four colors and that is all i need and that is all i need and i i love it um okay so yeah so we are gonna get drunk uh there will be tears this episode i know it because drunkenly preparing for the or soberly preparing for this episode i cried like a little baby um and uh yeah so so yeah, I will get drunk. I'll get things wrong. Um, but please follow, like, and subscribe and share wherever you feel like you need to. Um, BJ, what are you drinking this week? Um, so what we have is, because, um, you know, I'm trying to be health conscious and I don't drink soda because um, of caffeine. Yes. So I have a caffeine-free, zero-sugar uh, grape soda and I have whipped cream vodka in it. So it tastes like a, like a grape um float yeah. kind of thing. It's like a great yeah. soda float. I think it's so funny that you are doing vodka this week. This is the first week in a very long time I'm not doing vodka. Are you doing rum? I'm doing No, I'm doing I'm doing wine tonight. Oh, classic. Oh well, I mean um, how fitting. Yeah. That's why I chose grape. So, so I was like, well, 
grapes. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, we, I, I promise I bring this up with the best intentions and, um, we're going to have, while we have started drinking, we're going to have a sober moment about the world around us. Um, uh, yeah, the election is still happening. There have been no results yet. There's an election? And it is just... <laughs> um, is that why I've taken melatonin every night to go to bed? <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, it is just... It is a... Th- th- I, this is not a joke. It is a, it is a very big time of doubt in the world. Oh, absolutely. Um, there, there's there's a, a million different ways that this can all go. And... Uh, I mean, four million. I just to wanted to... I just, I want to thank everybody who listens to this show, who takes an hour to two hours out of their week to allow themselves to detach from the world around them, to enjoy something that they enjoy doing, to laugh with us, to cry with us, to talk about theater, um, to quote Glinda in Wicked, there have been dark times and we will see dark times again. Uh, but we have all done the responsible thing as adults. And that is all we can do. And we just have to wait. And that is very scary. Um, but we can all wait together. And that is, that is what we can do. Is we can all be in our... We can all be together in this. Yes. I, I, yeah. I think... Uh... The, I won't say the important thing. I think one of the important things to remember, uh, despite all this uh, emotional turmoil and anxiety, because, I mean, like I said, I've taken melatonin to go to sleep every night, which is not what I do, because I react violently to melatonin, because I'll sleep for, like, 14 I, as, hours. As, as much as I cry on this show, it is, I, I, I cry a lot on this show because of the alcohol. I have randomly just burst into tears throughout the day, just... just it's been, just it's, because it's, it's you know and a lot of people have been posting this on social media saying you know oh this is the the election of the lifetime and I'm like no but like quite literally for so many people this is one of the most important elections of their life uh, it's definitely yeah. mine for sure and this is my fourth time voting uh, because I'm elderly um, so uh, the, the most important thing for me what I will tell people is. Um, don't ever give up hope. Um, it is. It feels very bleak. Uh, I mean, things might be different when you hear. You know, when you're listening to this next week. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just thank you. Thank you for detaching. And and yeah. And and this leads into the whole show of of doubt and a woman who used her voice when the the powers were against her. So, on that on this th- this is going to be a very bleak episode. It's, it's a, not bleak, it's a heavy, heavy. episode. It is It's very it, um, and with <laughs> it's dark theme. Yeah, and with with no music to lighten the mood, oh, uh, me and BJ will try to do that for you. That that's our promise to you. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Oh my god! You're like I didn't sign up for this. I I I came to watch you cry. Right, right. <laughs> I was ready to shut the door. Um. Oh girl. Okay. So now that we've had our sober moment with alcohol, 
Um, I love that we had a sober moment while drinking. If that's not the most um, you and me thing. If that's not the most 2020 thing. Oh, are um, we doing any shout-outs <laughs> this episode? Um, yes. Caitlin McGilvery, um, who actually directed this show in uh, college, um, loves this show. I've uh, That is kind of how mine and her... I, I knew her through Emily, her sister, and... Um, she she and I knew of each other and we were very friendly towards each other. And then I don't know how we both got onto the subject of doubt, but as soon as she was like, I love doubt, I was like, let's talk about it forever. So, um, so yeah, I do want to start doing that. A little shout out for our listeners. I think it's I fun, that. especially if it's like a, like a, a memory or something for someone that we know. Um, but hi, Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, I hope this episode finds you well. Um, I hope you have a good day. If um, Unless you're hiding, and then I hope they don't find you. Absolutely. Uh, stay hidden. Because <laughs> um, like we said, who knows? Okay. Doubt. As a 2004... Doubt. <laughs> is a 2004 play by John Patrick Stanley. I love this show. Okay. So, it uh, was off-Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club in 2004. Ran and ran and ran. People really, really liked it. It's also just... It's such a good show. Okay. So then, oh, guess what? I don't have to bring it up myself because I'm actually talking about it this week. It transferred to Broadway in 2005 and it played at the Walter Kerr Theater. Anybody? Anybody? Hades Town. That's the same theater. <laughs> um, so I've actually been inside the Walter Kerr, but I didn't know that's where Doubt was. Um, also, that's a fucking gorgeous theater. It's one of it the. It's beautiful inside. It's one of the few theaters that I, when I went to New York and saw shows in, that. I didn't feel like I was, like, peering around people. Like, I thought the seats were actually pitched enough to, like, sit comfortably and not feel like I was blocking the person behind me and, like, not having to, like, lean around the person in front of me. Very good theater. Walter Kerr. It's well made, and it's very beautiful inside of it. We stand the Walter Kerr. But do not stand in the Walter Kerr. Sit down in your seat. Yes, it's very rude, unless you're in the standing room only, in which case, suffer. (laughs) Okay, so it ran from March 2005 to July 2nd, 2006. It had a total of 525 performances with 25 previews. Honestly, this is one of the better... No script is perfect. I will say that. No script is perfect. But this is a very well-written script. So 25 previews, in my mind, isn't that much. To be like, yeah, this is the show that we're doing. Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Not Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> but it's getting insane. Why are you crazy. booing me at home? I'm right. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and pour another drink because of what BJ just said. <laughs> um, so, it is presented... It is a full-length show... Bless you. It is a full-length show, but it is presented as one act for a very specific reason. Um, so it runs about 90 minutes, 
there was an intermission when we started. Um, but people would, like, fight in the lobby. Like, they would just argue in the lobby about what was happening in the show. And so they're like, uh, yeah, we're just gonna do no intermission. Um, so, um, okay. So, yes. So you, you just kind of sit and watch it. And so the, the, John Packard Stanley has said once they took the, when, when they did it without the intermission, they were like, there's really two acts. There's the show that you watch and then when the show is over, act two is you discussing it with the people that you came with or the people who saw it around you. And that is, like, the continuation of his show. I mean, because, like, it's... Oh, yeah, because it's not something you can just sit there and go, well, that was great. Yeah. No, it... Yes. Um, it... it yes. So, here are some awards that it won. It won the... Uh, 2005 Drama Desk Award. I just want to touch it. Um, for Best New Play, Kristen Chenoweth, when she hosted the Drama Desk Awards. Yes. Uh, uh, look that opening number up, y'all. It's so funny. I'm so sorry you did not shoot that deer. So funny. Uh, it won Best New Play. It also won the Pulitzer Prize in 2005. Um... Which is very hard to win, y'all. Um, so, some Tony noms that it received. It won Best Scenic Design... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was nominated for Best Scenic Design by John Lee Beatty. Uh, lighting Design by Pat Collins. It got um, a Best Actor nomination for Brian F. O'Byrne. And it got a Best Featured Actress nomination for Heather Goldenhirsch. Um... They played Father Flynn and Sister James. There were two Tony wins. Uh, Sherry Jones won Best Actress for her portrayal of Sister Aloysius. And uh, Adrian Lennox won Best Featured Actress over her fellow co-star for playing uh, Mrs. Mueller. Which is so awesome to me, just because of the part of Mrs. Mueller. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this right now. This woman is on stage for maybe 10 minutes. Total. Maybe. She is in one scene, and this woman won a Tony. And when I tell you she deserved every bit every of that of Tony. It. Every minute of it. She, she, yes. Okay. So, it also sparked a um, film which is probably where most of you know Doubt, if you didn't know it was a play before now. Um, So what I'm going to do is do cast for Broadway, cast for the movie. So, okay. There there are four people in this cast. I'm not excluding ensemble. There are four people in this cast. Correct. Um, Okay, so Sister Aloysius is played by Sherry Jones. Sherry Jones won a Tony. In the film... Played by Hollywood fucking legend, Meryl Streep. She could be Batman, that's all I'm saying. Literally. Okay, Father Flynn. He's played by Brian F. O'Byrne. In the movie, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays uh, Father Flynn. Fucking phenomenal actor. Oh, so so good. So good. Um, he was Capote. Um, Sister James is played by Heather... Golden Hirsch in on Broadway. 
and Amy Adams in the film. And this is, Amy Adams had done Enchanted, but this was kind of like the next big thing she did. Um, So this was really before Amy Adams like really, really blew up. Like people knew her from Enchanted, but like this was also like her step in. It's one thing to be known for a Disney movie, but then like to do something from like Enchanted to Doubt, very different. Well, and you're and you're touching toes with you're holding scenes with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and um, this leads us into Mrs. Mueller, who on Broadway was uh, one, got a Tony win by uh, Adrian Lennox, and in the movie uh, Viola Davis, and this was also like one of Viola Davis's first big things in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's the thing: everybody in the Broadway cast got a Tony nomination. Everybody in the film, in the principal cast, because in the film they did add more people to the to the movie, uh, in the film they all got Oscar noms. Like, wh- the, and that speaks to the writing and it speaks to the acting. But, like, the fact that the four principal characters in the movie got Oscar noms. Like, What? I mean, I think that, I think that, like you said, that's definitely a testament to the writing. Um, but specifically, it's a testament to the actors. Because, like, you can have a good script, but if the actors don't bring it yeah. alive, I mean, we'll get to it. But, like, specifically, the Mrs. Mueller scene alone mm-hmm. is some of the most, like, human emotion. Yeah. That, like, if I, like, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Okay. We love black women. So, literally. Um, so, why, okay. I'm going to ask the question because I asked the question. Go for it. Who would you be in this show? Oh, um, Sister Aloysius. Okay. Okay. Do I, why, why? I think I could play... Uh, I would be the altar wine. Um, no, I think I would... <laughs> I think I could be Sister Aloysius uh, because I understand... Well, I don't understand. I'm baffled by, but I'm intrigued by puritanical thought. And, like, mm-hmm. that is something that she very much represents is that um, uh, rigidness that comes from religion, which, is like, growing up where I did, is nothing but religion. So, um... Not mm-hmm. Catholic, but a different kind. Um, uh, shout out to Southern Baptist people. You understand. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I get it. I get Sister Aloysius because I've met Sister Aloysius, if that makes sense. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What about you? Uh, I think... I think I could... <laughs> It's weird because this this show has to be cast a certain way. There's no way around it. Correct. Um, but if if all the roles are off the table, Sister James, there is a um, and I think it it's it's weird to talk about myself in a positive way and to myself not sound conceited, but there is an there is an innocence in Sister James, and she is written that way on purpose. Um, but I think that reflects, like, a weird light that I have inside of me that, like, some people take advantage of. 
Um, so I think that could translate. If what a parent! Somebody. For us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Gemini's and like, Leo's, I y'all. Myself. <laughs> um, no, I I would love to see you play innocent. Yeah. No, uh, well, that's, let me re- listeners. I think that that would just be very interesting to see because it's not something I've seen you do often. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I would love it. I was really ready for Somebody... you to say Mrs. Mueller, and I was going to be like, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. So, um, I would like somebody to uh, lose their mind and please gender bend uh, and colorblind cast this show with me and BJ. Yeah, yeah, completely gender bend and colorblind cast doubt, a show that has to deal with race and sexual orientation Sex- issues. Sexism. And sexism. Well, yeah. yeah. So, like I said, you have to lose your mind first, but let, let us know when you got the grant money. Um, <laughs> I'll change my name, but I'll do it. I don't want anyone to know I was Nudity in required, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. We're just so, completely downlit um, so no one can see our features. Blur my face. Yeah. Blur it more. <laughs> so, okay. So... This was that lightness that we were trying to bring to this episode. Um, so the the film, as as I said, did add people to it, and in adding people to it, added other levels to it, which I think is very interesting because instead of four people arguing about a a, a boy you can't see, you see this boy, you, and it it is so. It is so specifically directed so that the actions of the character doesn't sway your opinion, but your own internal reactions to these things sway your opinion. If that makes sense. It it's is. not like, oh, he's he's doing something bad. It's something bad. Like, stop him. It's like, well, I could see where... They could misconstrue that. Absolutely. It's an experiment in uh, the social ability to construct one's own truth based on partial and or all facts. Yes. Boom. Um, Okay. And okay. This is my dream. So um, I also, I assistant directed this show in college. Um, I would like to sit down and actually direct this show for real, for real. Um, but the one thing that I want to do is um, as pre-show music. I think a lot of people do like organ music um, because it is, you know, a Catholic school and stuff like that. What I really want to do is uh, find find kids that I know because this would be weird to do just in public. Um but record kids playing on a playground and then like five minutes before the show starts, start playing like church music or church bells yeah, to like signify like the beginning of a school day or something. I think that would be so interesting. Um, uh, don't steal that idea. That's copyrighted. That would be very creepy if you did that uh, randomly. No, I know. Just like walk into a park. Hi, I, don't worry. I'm just recording your kids. It's fine. Yeah. Can you not say names? Can you not say names? <laughs> um, uh, uh, McKinsley is not a 1964 name. So, um, it's not 
not a name, period. Please stop. <laughs> I'm also now going to yell about your name choices as a parent. Um, uh, if you are a McKinsley and you're listening, I'm so sorry. Uh, we are not attacking you personally. I am. I am. <laughs> Fully. <laughs> Change your name. You're an adult. Please. Okay, so this also got turned into an opera. Um, I've heard bits of it, but I haven't heard all of it. Okay, I felt, okay, so it was just called Doubt for a while. And then um, he spruced it up. And I think when it went over to Broadway, he added a parable Correct. to it. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I, this is the exact definition. Um, a parable is a simple story used to, end, hmm? used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. So this whole story is about morals as a lesson. How do we act as people? What can we take from this and be better people at the end of it? When you said as told by, I was ready for you to say ginger. I was so ready Someone for you to say. Someone once told <laughs> me the grass was much greener. Lawsuit. On the other side. Lawsuit. Yes. Uh, Macy Gray really went off in that theme song. It was such a good opening. Like, what a theme. Anyway, back to that. Okay. So, um, we're actually going to get into it, um, and, and start into our stumble through. Let's do it. Uh, while I continue to drink even more and more. So, are you ready? No, wait, hold on. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. There are some quotes in the script. There, there, there are three. I'm only going to read two of them. Okay. Um, so there are some quotes in the script, uh, preferencing the, the show, um, one of them is from the title of a... It's from the title of a film. And um, the, the quote is, The Bad Sleep Well. Um, Please keep these quotes in the back of your mind while we go through this show. Um, so there is a quote from the Bible from Ecclesiastes, which I was able to say that for some reason. Um, and this quote is about me and BJ. So... Get ready to be read, BJ. Oh, oh, a Kurosawa film. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you, thank Akira you. Kurosawa. Okay. Thank you. Um, from Ecclesiastes. In much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth, increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. So the Ooh. more you know, the sadder you are. Baby, if that ain't the truth. <sighs> <laughs> and... That, and, okay, so that feeds into, Sister James is a very young character in this show. Father Flynn is middle age. Sister Aloysius is in her late 50s, early 60s. There is a knowledge that comes with, with age. Um, and, and, and it's so weird if you're young, you're like, I know everything, but then you turn, like, 18 and you're like, High schoolers are wild, and then you turn 23, and you're like, who was I at 18? And then you're, like, 28, and you're like, I'm still a child. And like, then you're 30, and you're like, wow, I made it. Um, yeah, but the, it is, it is it, that, that quote leads into, like, the more you know, the sadder you are, because you, you learn more about the world. Yeah, um, you, the older you get, the the more knowledge you retain, which is great, but unfortunately, uh, the older you are and the more knowledge you retain, 
the less innocence you're able to keep for yourself. Uh, it yeah. is very much a, it's a give and take, but the unfortunate is that you are taking wisdom, but you're giving your innocence in, uh, because you uh, just kind of become jaded by the world. Um, yeah. Which uh, is, I will say the important distinction is that it is not permanent. And it's important to remember that being jaded is not permanent. It is just something that we periodically feel and go through, and you have to learn to maneuver through that. Um, yeah. But that's also quite literally part of what this play is about, is when someone takes that innocence to give you knowledge, how do we react to that? Yeah. Especially when it wasn't something we sought out to begin with. Oh, Sister James. Because... Forcible knowledge is not always a pleasant experience. Sometimes yes. you don't want it. the The phrase "the uh, ignorance is bliss" exists for a reason. Literally. So. Um. Okay. So now, with those quotes in our mind, uh, let's get into it. Did you do all three? This- no, I just did two of them. Okay. I said I was only going to do two of them. Okay. The the sure. third one, the third one is uh everything that is hard to attain is easily assailed by the mob. Well. And here we are in November 2020. Oh. Okay. So, this is set in a Catholic school in the Bronx of New York in 1964. In 1964. Okay. So, we're here. We're at the Walter Kerr Theater. Dylan is outside, just walking around. (laughs) Uh, Lights go down. I'm about to cry. Blackout. We're in church. Literally, we're in church. We're in church. Um, The stumble through has begun, everybody. Father Flynn comes out. He is is a 30... (laughs) <laughs> not a time for he's, a joke i'm so sorry I, no. I didn't read the room i apologize uh he's in his 30s he's a young man you know he, he's as someone you might want to know a, a a priest that is not stuffy and old a, a priest you would want to know yeah what do you do when you're not sure that's the topic of today's sermon you look for god's direction and you can't find it Last year, President Kennedy was assassinated. So we're now stuck in this place of, like, what do I do? What do I tell my kids? Um, It was a time of people sitting... It was a time of people sitting together, bound together by a common feeling of hopelessness. I'm gonna cry. (laughs) But think of that. You're bound with your fellow beings. Your bond with your fellow beings was despair. It was a public experience shared by everyone in society. It was awful, but we were in it together. So how much worse can somebody going through something by themselves be? How can somebody at home say, like, I've lost my last friend. I'm sick and no one knows. I've done something wrong and I can't tell anybody about it. Imagine what that is like being by yourself and not having a bond with another person. Um, so 
to those people, only God knows their pain, their secret, their secret of their alienating sorrow. Um, so when that person looks to God and says, why me? What if God doesn't answer? So he tells this story about a cargo ship going down and how everybody but one sailor was able to one sa- one sailor was able to survive the 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 sinking of the ship he um he made a raft he was able to you know chart a course home but on his way the clouds were covered up and he was not able to um point his way back to shore anymore um so uh he was worried that he had imagined those constellations and he didn't know what to do. So, um, he was, he was scared and he had, he had doubt about whether he was going to make it home or not. So he says, there are those of you in church who know exactly the crisis of faith that I describe. And I want to say to you, he says, Doubt can be a powerful bond and it can be as sustaining as certainty. But when you are lost, you are not alone. (laughs) And then he dismisses church. So, cut to scene two. When Sister Aloysius's uh, office... She's in her late 60s. She is a nun. You can tell she's been around the block. You can tell that she gives no inch. Kind of staunch in her appearance. Um, but uh, in comes Sister James. Sister James is very, very young. Um, very docile. Very, like, deer in the headlights kind of look about her. Um, okay. Okay. So she's like, hi, sister. I need her to go away, please. Um, she, um, are you hearing that ding? No. Okay, if you're not hearing the ding, then only I'm hearing the ding. Um, so uh, she comes in to see Sister Aloysius. And uh, she's like, where's your class? And who's watching them? And she's like, oh, they're in art class. It's fine. Uh, but I, I, I came to check on one of my students that I had sent home. His name's William London. And she's like... Oh, Sister Aloysius says, yes, 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 I know. Um, I sent him home because his nose was bleeding. And she was like, oh, shit, damn, that's wild. Um, A nun doesn't say that, but... um, (laughs) um, Well, not out loud. Not out loud. And so Sister Aloysius was like, well, here's the thing. Did it just happen? And she's like, well, what do you mean? She's like, I think he did it to himself. Sister Aloysius doesn't trust any man. Trust no man. Um, Honey, if you listen to the last episode, you know why. Um, so she says, no, I don't. Sister, Sister James says, I don't think he did that on purpose. And Sister Aloysius says, you're very innocent, Sister James. Boys are fidgety and he would do anything to get out of school. Um, and so she starts talking to her about expectations of men and, and how, you know, his father is a police officer. And basically when... Some kids, when their parents are like public figures and they are expected to be good, they act out. Um, so, well. And she goes, also, Sister James, more kids are usually sent down to me because I'm the principal. Why don't you send kids down to me? 
And she goes, well, I try to take care of it in class. And Sister Aloysius says, that can be an error. You're answerable to me, I to the Monsignor, he to the Bishop, and so on up to the Holy Father. There is a chain of discipline, Sister James, make use of it. So we're establishing early that there's a hierarchy. And Sister Aloysius is not at the top of that chain, but she's one of those... She's that coworker that y'all guys have who've worked there for 30 years. So they kind of just do what they want to because they're kind of in charge, even though they're not the boss. Okay. I mean, you can just at me. That's fine. I thought I did. So. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, So she says, hey, Sister James, how's Donald Mueller doing? And she's like, that's, she said, he's fine. Well, has anybody hit him? No. Okay, good. So, um, they kind of just awkwardly stand around and Sister James is like, should I go? Is, is something the matter? No. And Sister Aloysius is like, is something the matter? So, anyway, we get down into, she kind of starts attacking Sister James as a teacher. She's like, you like history a lot. Why do you push history so much? She's like, well, I like history. And she's like, well, that's going to make kids like history more than their other subjects and not like their other subjects. So just like... Teach all the subjects equally. Okay, listen. I mean, that's just viable, stop. But but also, just let ki- just let teachers teach. Okay. I mean, honey, I could write a dissertation on the public education system and why it's flawed. But well, yes. So, oh my goodness. So she's like, "Well, where are your students right now?" And they're like, "Well, she's in. They're in art class right now." And she goes, well, sometimes they go to dance, right? And she goes, yes. And, she's, and Sister Aloysius says, well, what else, does she, what, what else do they do? And she goes, well, sometimes they have physical education with Father Flynn. And they goes, oh, well, what do you think of Father Flynn? And Sister James says, he's nice. Like, he's, he's a good speaker. I, I like him. He's fine. Because he's new to this school. He hasn't been there as long as these nuns have. And so... She says, well, what about, excuse me, Sister Aloysius says, well, what do you think of the sermon that he talked about on, on Sunday? She goes, oh, well, he was talking about doubt, but if you have any questions, you should probably ask him. And she goes, no, that would be inappropriate. He is my superior, and if he were troubled, he should confess it to a fellow priest or the Monsignor. We should not share intimate information with priests. Girl... Okay, but there's something under all this that Sister Aloysius isn't saying. So that's kind of what Sister James brings up. And she's like, what are you, what are you hinting at? And Sister Aloysius says, I'm sorry I'm not being more forthright, but I must be careful not to create something by saying it. I can only say that I'm concerned, perhaps needlessly, about matters in St. Nicholas School. And <laughs> Sister James is like, academically? And she says, I was not inviting a guessing game. Okay, uh, Mama, you brought it up. So I was just trying to understand. I was just trying to understand what you were saying. Okay, so she goes, listen, just keep an eye out. If you see anything funky, just let me know. Just let me know. Just let me know. And so she goes, also, by the way, Sister Veronica is going blind. But if if the powers that be find out, she'll be fired. So if, if you see her, like, needing help, help her out. Can you do that for me? Can I ask one thing of you? Okay. You kind of asked a lot of Sister James, but... 
Which is such a genius um, writing ploy because so far the only thing you know of Sister Aloysius is that she's, you know, forgive the term, she's just a cold-hearted bitch so far. Yeah. But this is a moment of kindness for someone else that it makes you go, well, I mean, maybe she's not all that bad. Yeah. Which establishes a line of uh, connection to her, mm-hmm. which is very important for this play. Yes. In this story. <gasps> Oof. The human okay. connection. So now we go back into, we're back to only Father Flynn. Father Flynn is um, teaching basketball. He's in like sweats and some gym shorts with a whistle and he's got a basketball. And he says, I want you to, I want you to think about shooting from the foul line. It's not about being good. It's about, it's psych- psychological. The rest of the game, you're cooperating with your teammates. You're competing against the other team. But here, when you're shooting a foul shot, it's against yourself. And the danger is you start to think. And when you think, you stop breathing. Your body locks up. So you need, you need like a routine. You need a way to relax. You need a way to calm yourself so you don't get overwhelmed. Now, is he talking about basketball? Yes, absolutely. If you believe a certain way in the show, it is about a routine that he has found in and of himself to breeze through life uninterrupted, which is the most vague way that I can say that. So. Yes. So he says, now onto another matter. I've noticed several of you guys have dirty nails. I don't want to see that. I have long fingernails, but I keep them clean. Uh, so just, just keep your fingernails clean. Now, everybody, like, go. Okay. Here we go. So, we're back at Sister James, uh, we're back in, um, a garden, we're in a garden, and Sister James has come to talk to Sister Aloysius, and she's like, hey, Sister James, where are the, where are the boys and the girls? Where are my girls at? Girls at? Okay. Oh, my God. She's like, they're, they're elsewhere. And um, she's like, where are the boys? And Sister Aloysius says, oh, they're with Father Flynn. He's telling them how to be a man. Uh, and Sister Aloysius says, well, if sisters were permitted in the rectory, I would be very interested to hear that talk. Uh, I don't know how to be a man. I would like to know what's involved. Uh, so uh, we find out that Sister Aloysius was actually married uh, yep. a while ago, but her husband died in the war. Um and Sister James kind of acts a little astonished. And she's like, you could, like, at least try not to act surprised about all this. Um, so. Um, Someone could love you? Literally. So. Girl. So they talk a little bit. And Sister Aloysius gets back to, how is Donald Mueller? And uh, Sister James says, well, you know, he's he's average in class. He's, he places averagely in my class. And. He goes, okay, that's fine, but is he being accepted? And Sister James says, well, he has no friends. And he goes, well, it's only been two months. Has anyone hit him? This is the second time she's asked if somebody has hit this boy. And Sister James goes, no. And she says, someone will. And when it happens, send them right down to me. There is a statue of St. Patrick on one side of the church altar and a statue of St. Anthony on the other. This parish serves Irish and Italian families. Someone will hit Donald Mueller. (laughs) Girl, so, uh, actually, it hasn't been revealed yet. 
Any so, guesses as to why? We'll wait. We'll wait. It actually comes up fairly soon. Um, wow, you were right. Wow, you were wrong. <laughs> Click luck. on the bush. Wear swiper. Uh, <laughs> um, I just got an email and it dinged in my ear, so I'm very scared. <laughs> so she goes, Is your FBI no agent listening in going, no, no. Copyright. <laughs> but please. So uh, she says, well, he's fine. He has a protector. Well, who? Father Flynn's his protector. He's taken an interest since uh, Donald went on to the altar boys and I thought I should tell you. And Sister Aloysius says, I told you to come to me, but I hoped you never would. And I knew once you did, something would have to be set in motion. So it's happened. Mama jumps right to ten. And And skips (laughs) two through nine. And Sister Jam goes, what? I'm not telling you that. I, I don't even know what you mean. And she goes, yes, you are. Yes, you do. You know what I mean. Sister James says, I think I'm starting to understand you a little, a little, because I'm trying to be more like you in my rigidness. Um, But it's so unsettling to look at things and people with suspicion. It feels as if I'm less close to God. Um, And Sister Aloysius says, when you take a step to address wrongdoings, you are taking a step toward, you are, you are taking a step away. I'm sorry. No, no, that's what it says. When you take a step to address wrongdoing, you are taking a step away from God, but in his service. Dealing with such matters is hard and thankless work. Um, and, and Sister James says, that's fine, but, like, I don't feel good about this. And I'm not even sure if something's happened. But you made me think that something might happen, basically. So now I think something's happened, and now I have to come and tell you about it. The girl is spiraling. And so, I mean, um, relatable. And so she goes, Sister Aloysius, what if it's nothing? And Sister Aloysius says, then it's nothing. I wouldn't mind being wrong, but I doubt I am. Doubt. She said it. We can all go home. So, um. They said the title. Yeah, please. She goes, Sister James, what have you seen? Tell me. And Sister James says, Father Flynn took Donald to the rectory for a talk about a week ago, and I didn't think anything was wrong with it. It never came into my mind that there could be anything wrong, but he's still isolated, and it it, it's, it feels weird. And, but I still don't know that anything's wrong. And Sister Aloysius says it. She says, our first Negro student. I thought there'd be fighting, a parent or two to deal with. I could not have foreseen this possibility. Um, and That's so, right, listeners, you now know why. Do- Donald is black, and he's the only black student in the entire school. 1964, kids. Girl. So, um, she goes, well, I, I need to tell you one more thing, Sister Aloysius. When he came back from the rectory, he looked frightened, and he put his head on the desk. And a very weird thing, and also there was alcohol on his breath. Girl, mama, lead with that. So Sister Aloysius says, eight years ago, I had a priest who had to be stopped. But I had a good monsignor then who I could rely on. Here, there's no man I can go to. And men run everything. We have to stop him ourselves. These are women. who These are nuns who do not hold any power. Who are now going to go against 
the church with the men in power as their in their crosshairs. In 1964. In 1964. So they're like, we can't go to the Monsignor because the Monsignor will just talk to Father Flynn and and if he if he did something, he'll just deny it and that'll be fine. So um the she says the hierarchy of the church does not permit me going to the bishop. Once I tell the Monsignor, it's out of my hands. I'm helpless. I'm going to have to come up with a pretext to get Father Flynn into my office, but you'll have to be there um, because nuns are not allowed to be alone with priests. There has to be a third party there. So um, she says, we'll, we'll talk to him about the, um, the, the Christmas pageant. That's what we'll do. We'll talk to him about the Christmas pageant. Uh, but we can't. We also can't talk to Donald Donald about it because he'll just deny it to protect the the priest. Correct. And Sister James says, "You don't know that." And she goes, "Well, if he points the thing, if he points his finger towards the priest, how do you think that will be received in the community? A black child accusing a, a white priest of something so heinous, especially in this time. People, this didn't." This happened, but people didn't talk about this happening back then. So well, not openly. Well, uh, why that, exactly? Yeah. So, like, what was going to happen if if that boy was going to say that about a priest? Nothing. They were. He would have been excommunicated from the church. He would have been kicked out of school. Yep. So, so they're like, we need, we need a plan. So, Sister Aloysius says, "If I could, Sister James, I would certainly choose to live in innocence." But innocence can only be wisdom in a world without evil. Situations arise, and we are confronted with wrongdoing and the need to act. I will talk to you soon. Now we're into scene five. Okay. So, she's in her office. She's on the phone. She's talking to Mr. McGinn. Knock, knock, knock on the door. She opens it. It's Father Flynn. This is the first time we see Father Flynn in the entire show interacting with anybody else. On stage. We know that he's in front of a parish uh, at at the beginning. We know he's talking to boys, but they're not on stage with him. Okay. So he says, good morning, Sister Aloysius. How are you today? And she goes, good morning. Um, By the way, Sister James isn't here yet. And he actually takes a step back outside the door. So that, that he's not in the office with her alone. Because he had stepped in until he realized that they were alone and he steps back out. Because uh, men can't be alone with nuns. He said, by the way, uh, there was a storm last night and I heard Sister Veronica, the nun that we talked about earlier, I heard she had an accident. And Sister Aloysius tries to play this off and says, yes, a piece of wood fell on her. It practically killed her. Uh, and he says, her eyesight isn't good, is it? She goes, no, her eyesight's fine. Nuns fall all the time. It's the habit. It it catches us more. It catches us up more often than not, with um, what with our being in black and white and so prone to falling, we're more like dominoes than anything else. <laughs> uh, and so Sister James walks in and she's like, "Am, am I late?" <laughs> like she's just like, at, she's wired out. The girl has taken pure cold brew with no cut in the concentration like oh the my gr- god once never again never again <laughs> i was like i'll drink two cold brews Mm-mm. i could see sound yes it yep. wasn't pretty um so she's like I, that, I'm, I'm here and so um 
she says, I'm so sorry I was late. I was running across the co- uh, courtyard and I ran into Sister Veronica. And Father Flynn says, how is she? And Sister Jane goes, oh, she has a little bit of a bloody nose. And Sister Aloysius says, I'm beginning to think you're punching people. And she's like, sister? And she's like, well, with the incident with William L- Never mind. Come sit down. Like, she actually tried to make a joke. <laughs> she, like She, she I, tried to make a joke. She Bless generally was trying to, like, break this tension. Okay. So, we're all going to sit down. The downfall down and, of being a bitch. Well. You make a joke and everyone's like, why would you think I'd do that? And you're like, wait, no, that's not. Okay. <laughs> you're gone. So, uh, sister, they all go to sit down. Father Flynn takes Sister Aloysius' chair at the head of her office. Okay, so um, she offers him some tea. They go to tea. He asks, she asks if he wants, like, one sugar in his coffee. He goes, I'll take three. And she's, like, visibly shook that this man wants three cubes of sugar in his tiny cup of tea. And he's like, I have, uh, I have a sweet tooth. Excuse me. Well, she also says, uh, she's, like, you know, pouring his tea and stuff. She's like, your fingernails are really long. What's that about? And he's like, I just have, what's wrong with you? I have long fingernails. It's fine. Okay. So anyway, they get down to business. They start talking about this Christmas pageant that they're going to have. And he goes, I think this is a great idea. Really, really happy we decided to do this. Because they're getting a little staunchy and tired and woebegone. And Sister James is like, no, I love it. I love all Christmas pageants. I love Nativity. I love the birth of the Savior, the hymns, O Little Town of Bethlehem, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And everybody's like, please stop. Please calm down. Take one breath. Um, so Father Flynn is like, hey, what if we included a secular song? Like a song off the radio. You should have just punched Sister Aloysius in the face. Because she's like, honey, what's the point of that? And he's like, it could be fun. What about Frosty the Snowman? And she goes, that pagan song? That encourages a belief in the occult? No. Not on my stage. Not in my house. Lord, it's like talking to my mother. Okay. So, he goes, <laughs> Cut that okay. Out. She might listen to this. He, please. He goes, okay, so not that. Um, and Sister Aloysius can tell that there's a little, like, tension in the air. She's like, you know what? What about it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas? Like, that, that, would, be, that would be cute. But also, I see you're writing in a book. What are you writing down over there with a, why, what are you, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just writing an idea for a sermon. I get them all the time, so I write them down. Uh, This one's about intolerance. Flick burn. So good. Just like, he just flips it right on in there. So he goes, also, I think we should start taking the, the kids out to like the community. We should take them on field trips. We should take them out to ice cream. We should take them out on camping trips. We should be friendly or we should, oh, we should tell this community that we are not staunch and rigid in our beliefs that they could come to us if they need to. Like, like we're members of their family. And Sister Aloysius says, but we're not members of their family. We're different. Uh, uh. And he goes, why? Because of our vows? And she goes, yes. And he goes, I don't think we're so different. Um, and he goes, you know what? I think we're getting off the subject. We need to talk about the Christmas pageant. Because apparently, at the end of the show, there's going to be a big musical number, and like that's all that's leading up to. There's not. Spoiler alert, there's not. So, Sister Aloysius says, you know what? I would like to talk about the pageant. And the one thing that I really want to talk about 
is how we use Donald Mueller. And, like, Sister James has, like, an aneurysm and, like, drops the tea. Like, she's, like, her spaz is out. Like, she should have just been punched, like, <laughs> at that point. And, um, he goes, I'm sorry, what about Donald Mueller? And she goes, we have to be careful in this pageant that we neither hide Donald nor put him forward. And he goes, because of the color of his skin? Yes, that's exactly right. That's what we're talking about. And she goes, he goes, I think he deserves to be treated just like everybody else. And Sister Aloysius, with literally the boldness of God in her body, says, well, you yourself singled the boy out for special attention. You held a private meeting with him in the rectory. Looks at Sister James for confirmation, unlike confirmation in the church, and says, about a week ago? About a week ago. Okay, stop. Um, so... Secular music in this podcast? It's way more likely more than, likely you, than think. you think. So, Sister James says, yes. And, Don, and Father Flynn says, oh, okay, something's up. The, this is what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about Donald Mueller. And he, she's like, yeah, that's... He acted really strange when he came back from his meeting with you. And so... Can you tell us a little bit about that? And he's like, I kind of don't have to tell you anything. Uh, and I feel a little uncomfortable. And she's like, well, why? And he's like, I don't think I like your tone. She says, I would prefer a discussion of the facts rather than my tone. She's getting a little too brave. You can be somewhere for a really long time and get too brave. Amen. And so she said, he said, well, if I had judged my conversation with Donald Mueller to be of concern with you, sister, I would have sat you down and talked to you about it, but I did not judge it to be of concern to you. And this woman, with the boldness of B.J. Sawyer, says, perhaps you're mistaken uh, in your understanding of what concerns me. The boy is in my school, and his well-being is my responsibility. Period. And that's on what? Period. And so he says, he's fine. And they're like, what did happen? Tell me what happened. You have to tell me what happened. And he's like, I object to your tone. And she goes, this is not about my tone or your tone, Father Flynn. It's about arriving at the truth. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're controlling the expression on your face right now. And he goes, if you wanted to talk about the pageant, sister, that's why I'm here. That's why I thought you brought me here. This, like, I'm not answerable to you. What exactly are you accusing me of? And she goes, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm asking you to tell me what happened in the, the rectory. And he goes, I don't wish to continue this conversation with you any further. If you're dissatisfied with that, go to the Monsignor. Perhaps you need a leave of absence. And I may suggest it, but have a good morning. And Sister Aloysius says, there was alcohol on his breath. She's done. She's done. She yep. only- Fully done. No more pretense. And he goes, alcohol? And Sister James says, I did smell it on his breath. And he says, I see there's no way out of this. He goes, I caught Donald drinking altar wine after service. And he cried and he begged me not to take him off of the altar boys. And I said, if I kept this secret from him and no one else found out, I would let him stay. Sister James takes it at face value. She's like, great, cool. That explains everything. Literally says, thanks be to God. Oh, sister, look, it was all a mistake. And sister Aloysius is like, I I can confirm this? And he's like, yeah, you can. And sister James was like, I might have done the same things. Is there a way that Donald can stay on the altar boys? 
And Sister Alba Wish is like, no, if you drink altar wine, he can't. And he's like, well, that's what I was trying to avoid. Um, and he goes, you know what? Did we actually need to discuss the pageant? And she's like, nah, not really. But I'm satisfied now. Uh, and so he goes, all right, I'll be going. I have some writing to do. And she goes, intolerance? He goes, that's right. I'm not pleased with how you handled this, sister. Next time you're troubled by dark ideas, I suggest you speak to the Monsignor. He, like, fully pulls a power play on her. Absolutely. And so he leaves. There's a little moment. And Sister James tries to cut that tension and says, what a relief. And she goes, oh, you believe him? And she goes, absolutely, I do. It, and she goes, but isn't it easier to believe him? And she goes, these types of people are clever. They're not so easily undone. Um, you just want simplicity back. You just want there to be an answer and it to be over with. And Sister Jane goes, you know what? I'm out. Like a blackjack dealer. She's like, I'm done. I'm, I want no further part of this. She goes, I'll bring him down with or without you. And she goes, how can you be so sure he's lying? You just don't like him. You don't like that he uses a ballpoint pen. You don't like that he takes three lumps of sugar in his tea. You don't like that he likes Frosty the Snowman. And you're letting that convince you of something terrible. Well, I like Frosty the Snowman. And it would be nice if this school were run by a, not like a prison. And I think it's a good thing that I love to teach history and that I might inspire my students to love it too. And if you judge that to mean that I'm not fit to be a teacher, then so be it. And Stralowitz just goes, sit down. She goes, in ancient Sparta, important matters were decided by who shouted the loudest. Fortunately, we are not in ancient Sparta. (laughs) So she basically was like, do you really think that I treat the kids here like inmates? And she goes, no, you know, they seem pretty happy here. She goes, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Like, they have to be afraid of me because I'm here to protect them. Yeah. This woman. And this is where I would put intermission if there wasn't intermission. This woman goes over to the phone. She goes, hello, this is Sister Aloysius, the principal of St. Nicholas School. Is this Mrs. Mueller? I'm calling about your son, Donald. I would like to meet with you and your husband to come down here for a talk. When would be convenient? Blackout. Absolutely. (gasps) Absolutely. Girl, if there was an intermission, it would absolutely be right fucking there. You have to. Yeah. But also, um, to harken back to Sister James' outburst, it's really nice because it's the first time you really see her being human in front of Sister Aloysius. Yeah. Because uh, like uh, the whole first part, of the first half, we'll say, uh, most of Act 1, you see her trying to impress Sister Aloysius to an extent. Uh-huh. But this is the first time that she throws that out the window and she truly expresses what she thinks and is believing at the moment. Um, which is so refreshing of just being like, hey, maybe sometimes it's okay to not be a stone-cold bitch. Yeah. Concepts. Sometimes it's okay to take things at face value. Yeah. Um, well, and which you, and is you, so refreshing. It's also, I, I find that more and more nowadays that people have gotten to the point where they don't want to overthink things. And so they're like, whatever you say, I'm going to believe. Because that's, that's all I can commit to now. So if you say you're fine, you're yeah. fine. I don't, it's not on me to dig deep. Yeah. Unless I feel like it, you know, unless I have that connection and or reason yeah. to do so. If I, if I don't think you're going to hurt yourself and you say that you're fine, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Honey, and if you're not fine, guess what? You'll tell me. Yeah. Because that's how it works. Yes, absolutely. 
But also, I really think it's also a testament to the time period of I'm their protector, they need to be afraid of me, as opposed to being someone's guardian doesn't necessarily mean being an authoritarian figure. Yeah. Right? You very much... I'm not saying you necessarily have to be their friend, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be scary. Yeah, judge, jury, and Which is an evolution of thought between, like, 1964 and, like, 2020. Like, there's a, a vast... Um, 60-year difference of thought as opposed to um, authoritative figures in children's lives. Yeah. So. Okay. So we're back. We're back in... We're back. Lights up. We're back. We're back in church. Honey. We have Father Flynn giving a sermon. A woman was gossiping with a friend about a man she hardly knew. And I know none of you have ever done this. And that night she had a dream. A great hand appeared over her and pointed down at her. She was immediately seized with an overwhelming sense of guilt. The next day, she went to confession. She got the old parish priest, Father O'Rourke, and she told him the whole thing. Is gossiping a sin, she asked the old man. Was that the hand of God Almighty pointing a finger down at me? Should I be asking for your absolution? Father, tell me, have I done something wrong? Yes, Father O'Rourke answered her. Yes, you ignorantly, badly brought up female, the name of this episode. I'm totally kidding. Um, so I said, you've borne false witness against your neighbor. You have played fast and loose. I was all over men in the last episode. The women get something. Um, you've borne false witness. I mean, history for the last 2,000 years, but continue. <laughs> White people at it again. Uh, you've borne... Surprising no one. You've borne false witness against your neighbor. You have played fast and loose with this reputation, and you should be heartily ashamed. So the woman said she was sorry and asked forgiveness. He said, no, no, not so fast. I want you to go home, take a pillow up to your roof, cut it open with a knife, and return here to me. So she went home, took a pillow off of her bed, a knife from the drawer, went up to the fire escape to the roof, and stabbed the pillow. Then she went back to the old priest and, as instructed... He said, did you gut the pillow with the knife? Yes. Yes, Father, I did. Well, what was the result? Feathers, she said. Feathers. Feathers everywhere. And he said, well, now I want you to go back and gather up every last feather that flew out into the wind. And she said, that it, it can't be done. I don't know where they went. The wind took them all over. And that, said Father O'Rourke, is gossip. Girl. Which, visually in the movie... Is one of the most powerful things. It's so good. It's so y'all watch this so movie. Good. It's so good. If you can't, if you can't find a bootleg of the play, watch the movie. the mo- The movie is so so true to the script. Well, also John Patrick Stanley so adapted the script to the screen. So, like everything that's in there is something he wrote. So you're you're good. Um, okay. Here comes my least favorite. This used to be my least favorite scene in the whole show. But it was the scene that I directed when I assistant directed this this uh, production. And now I understand it for what it is. Sister James sits alone in a garden and Father Flynn comes out. It's the only time that we see Father Flynn alone with Sister James. And he's like, hey, sister, what's up? And uh, she goes, he says, I'm sorry, are you are you praying? She goes, no, I'm not. I'm not praying. I can't sleep. I I have these really bad dreams. I look in a mirror and there's this darkness where my face should be. Um, and it frightens me. 
And he says, well, I can't sleep sometimes. She goes, well, do you see that big hand pointing a finger down at you? And he goes, yeah, sometimes. And she goes, was your sermon directed at anyone in particular? And he says, well, what do you think? And she's, well, did you make up that story about the pillows? And he said, yeah, you make up little stories to illustrate in the tradition of the parable. And she says, well, aren't the things that actually happen in life more worthy of interpretation than a made-up story? And he says, no, what actually happens in life is beyond interpretation. The truth makes for a bad sermon. It tends to be confusing and have no clear conclusion. Well, then we find out that Sister James's brother is sick, and she wants to go see him. Um... But she doesn't want to leave her class. And he says, well, how's Donald Mueller doing? And she goes, I don't know. He's like, well, you see him. He's like, I see him every day, but I don't know how he's doing. I, I don't know how to judge these things now. Um, and he, he says, well, I stopped, I stopped talking to him because I didn't want to be misunderstood. I actually avoided him the other day when I might have passed him in the hall. He doesn't understand... Uh, He's like, but also, Sister James, I noticed you didn't come to me for confession this week. And she goes, no, I went to the Monsignor. But you know, you know why I did that. And he goes, so you're against me? She goes, no. He says, so you're not convinced? And she says, it's not for me to be convinced one way or the other. It's, it's Sister James. She's my superior. And I, I wish I didn't know anything about this. I wish the idea had never entered your mind. But she kind of put it there. And he goes, I feel like my reputation has been damaged. I didn't do anything. She knows all this. But, but now all this has happened in the, in the world. And she goes, is it true? Like, you know what I'm asking you. And he's like, no, it's not true. And she goes, I don't know what to believe anymore. And she's like, well, none of this matters. And he goes, it does matter. I've done nothing wrong. There's, there's no truth to any of this. Nobody can prove anything. The only reason I haven't gone to the higher powers is because I don't want to tear this school apart because... She would probably lose her position in the school, and you might lose your job as well. And she's like, are you threatening me? And he's like, no, I'm just like, I'm fucking talking about my feelings. She goes, listen, you can say what you want to me, but it's not up to me to be convinced. It's her. And she's determined to protect that boy. And he goes, Ed, she, I'm the one who cares about that boy, not her. Like, he needs help. But if she has it her way, he'll be left alone to his own undoing. Um, I'm not going to let her keep pushing this parish into the dark ages. And I'm not going to let her destroy my spirit of compassion. Because I care about this congregation like you care about your class. And that's natural. How else do you relate to kids? So, he goes, listen. I... He basically just doesn't know what to do. He he talks about Jesus's message of love, about it, that it was about love and not suspicion. He's like, "Have you found Sister Aloysius to be a positive inspiration?" She's like, "No, she kind of took away my joy of of teaching, and I love teaching more than anything." I'm I'm sorry that this is all happening, and I'm sorry that you're in the middle of it. He goes, "I'm sorry your brother is sick," and she goes, "Thank you, Father." And she, st she, she starts to leave and she turns around and she goes, I don't believe it. And he goes, you don't? And she goes, no. And she leaves. This scene, to me, in my opinion, and my, when I directed it, uh, mm -hmm. my friend Allison was Sister James. And I kind of told, I pulled her aside away from the Father Flynn. And I was like, listen, 
you have to make the decision on whether or not you actually believe him or not. Whether whether you truly believe him and you're saying you, you believe him or if you're just saying you believe him to be done with it because you want your innocence. But I think this is the scene in the show where the audience finally solidifies. Like, they've probably had an opinion one way or another, but him talking to Sister James is like, this is where I'm at for the rest of the show. He either did it or he didn't. It's it's the deciding factor. Yeah. So, are you ready? 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 Are you ready? Yes. We're back at Sister James's. Sister, we're back at Sister Aloysius's office. Sister Aloysius. What? You twice you've called her Sister James, but you're meaning Sister Aloysius. Yes, we're back at Sister Aloysius's office. Knock, knock, knock. In walks. Mrs. Mueller. <laughs> She's the mother of Donald. And she goes, hi, sister. I'm so sorry. I thought I might have had the wrong day when you didn't answer the door. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I was listening to the radio. <laughs> she's like, you like music? And she's like, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, relatable. And so she goes, uh, I'm just, or we're just waiting for your husband. Is he coming? And she goes, no, he couldn't get off of work. Okay, so there's no man in this scene. It is a mother and a nun. That's what we got. So, Mrs. Mueller doesn't really know why she's in this office. And she goes, how's Donald doing? Well, he's, you know, he's passing. He's fine, 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 fine. Uh, well, he was very upset about being taken off the altar boys. And they're like, hey, did he tell you why? Yeah, he got caught drinking. Okay, well, cool, cool, cool. And she's like, well, listen. Uh, that seems fair, but he's a good boy. He fell down there. But he's a good boy pretty much down the line, and he knows what an opportunity he has here at this at this school. And I think, you know, things might have just been getting a little too much for him uh, because he's the only colored boy here, and he's the first in the school, and that's a lot for somebody, um, especially in 1964. Um, but other than that, he's doing all right. Um, and Sister Alawisha says, well, how is he at home? And Mrs. Mueller says... His father beat the hell out of him for drinking that wine. Uh, But you don't tell my husband what to do. You just stand back and... uh, But he didn't want Donald to come to this school anyway. Because he has a lot of trouble with the other boys. But he hasn't... You know, he's doing fine and this is a good opportunity for him. Sister James is like... Or Sister Aloysius is like, that's good, that's good. She goes, well, that, that priest, Father Flynn, has been really nice to him. And she goes, well, have you met Father Flynn? Because now this is, we know as the audience, why she's here. Correct. It's, it's to talk about Father Flynn. And this is the first mention of him, this whole scene, and you're like, oh, it's, it's happening. It's coming. It's happening. Oh, my, she, oh, she's getting in the water. So, um. <laughs> she goes, well. Every time. She goes, I've never met Father Flynn, but I've seen him on the altar. Uh, but, you know, I've just heard about him from Donald. He goes, what does he say? And she goes, oh, you know, Father Flynn this, Father Flynn that. He looks up to him, and the boy needs that. And she goes, Mrs. Mueller, we may have a problem. Now you're an audience member, and you're like, I have shit my pants in the Walter Kerr Theater. Like, it's, we're finally talking about it. Um, and she goes, well, you know, I thought you must have had a reason for asking me to come here today. The principal's a big job. If you stop your day, just talk to me. It must be about something. But before we get into it, 
She says, it's only till June. And she goes, I'm sorry, what? And Mrs. Mueller says, whatever the problem is, Donald just has to make it here until June. And then he's off to high school. And she's like, right, right, right. And she goes, if Donald can graduate from here, he has a better chance of getting into a good high school. And that would mean an opportunity at college. And I, I think he's smart and that's all he wants to do. And she's like, that's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about. Like, he's, he's doing fine. I, I think he's going to graduate. And she goes, and she goes, that's all I care about. Anything, she goes, anything else is fine by me. And, and Sister Aloysius again says, I doubt that. <laughs> Yep. And this woman literally looks at her, and this is a direct quote from this script. I'm reading the script right now. She goes, try me. She goes, I'm concerned. Okay. In the best of circumstances, this is a touchy subject to talk about. In 1964, <sighs> when you are talking to a black woman about her black son, referring to a white priest... This is the touchiest of subjects. And she goes, I am concerned about the relationship between Father Flynn and your son, that it may not be right. And she goes, to be frank, I'm afraid that Father Flynn has made advances on your son. She goes, may have made. And she goes, I can't be certain. She goes, so there's no evidence. She says, no. She goes, then there may not be nothing to it. And she goes, Sister Alawisha says, I think there is. She goes, well, I prefer not to say it that way if you don't mind. And she goes, I can understand that this is hard to hear, but I think Father Flynn gave Donald that altar wine. Uh, and she starts asking, like, has Donald been weird? Is he acting out of the ordinary? And she's like, no, he's been fine at home. He's been Donald. She goes, look, sister, I don't want any trouble, and I feel like you're on a march somehow, and... I think I understand the kind of thing you're talking about, but I don't want to get into it. And Sister Aloysius says, why is that? And she goes, I'm not trying to disagree with you, but if we're talking about something floating between this priest and my son, that is not my son's fault. And she says, he's just a boy. He is 12 years old. And if somebody should be taking the blame for anything, it should be this man and not this boy. And Sister Aloysius this whole time is like, yes, I agree. But yes, absolutely. You're completely right. And she's like trying to get a word in. And this is also the first time we sister see Sister Aloysius not take full control of a situation. This woman is in full yeah. mom mode. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so good. And she goes... You, you're agreeing with me, but I'm sitting in the principal's office talking to you about my son. Why isn't the priest in the principal's office if you know that what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying, and like, excuse me for bringing all this up. She goes, I'm concerned about your son's welfare. And she goes, you think I'm not? She goes, yes, and she, yes, of course I think you, you are concerned about your son. And she goes, do you really think that priest gave Donald that wine? And she goes, yes. And she goes, then how come my son got kicked off the altar boys and not that man? She's the boy got caught. Which is like, period.com. And Sister yeah. Aloysius says, he's a grown man, he's educated, and he knows what's at stake. It's not easy to pin someone down like that. And Sister Aloysius is like, please just let me talk. I think you're getting upset. Okay. She goes, that's the way it is. You've been finding out about it now, but that's the way it is and always has been. You're not going against no man in a robe and win, sister. He's got the position. And she goes, and he has your son. And Mrs. Mueller says, then let him have him. And she goes, what? And she says, 
it's only till June. And she says, I, do you know what you're saying? And she goes, I know more about it than you do. She goes, I believe this Uh, man has already had an improper relationship with your son. She goes, I don't know that. You don't know that. She goes, I know. I'm right. And Mrs. Mueller says, why do you need to know something like that when you, when you don't? She goes, you've got some kind of righteous thing going against this priest, and that's fine, but you're dragging my son into it, and my son doesn't need any additional difficulties. You let him, you, like, he knows how to deal with all this. I've taught him how to do that. She goes, what kind of mother are you? Uh, and she goes, you don't know enough about life to say anything like that to me. And she goes, I know enough. She goes, you know the rules, but that doesn't cover it. Sure doesn't. And she goes, I know what I won't accept. And she goes, you accept what you got to accept and you work with that. That's the truth that I know. I'm sorry to be so sharp, but you're in the room here. And she goes, this man is in my school. And she goes, he's got to be somewhere. And maybe he's doing some good too. Have you ever thought of that? And she goes, he's after your boy. And she goes, well, maybe some of the boys want to get caught. Maybe that's what you don't know about my son is that, is that he's that way. That's... That's why his father beat him, not the wine. He beat Donald for being who he is. Listen, if y'all wanted a wig reveal, this was the rig, wig reveal Honey. of the show. Donald's gay. What? <laughs> Donald, Donald is gay. And his mom knows, and his, his dad knows. And, I mean, it's 1964 and he's black, and there's a lot of internalized homophobia in the black community. Um, there is now an added layer of if... Yes, he's a child, and children cannot give consent. And I'm not saying that he gave consent. But there is now an added layer of, like, but he's gay? Question mark? Which does not make anything that possibly happened to him okay in any way. But there's now another layer to it. Honey, there's multiple layers. Okay. So she goes, what are you telling me? And she goes, I'm his mother. I'm talking about his nature, not anything he's done. But you can't hold a child responsible for what God gave him to be. God gave him... My second favorite quote of the entire fucking play. And so, Sister Alawish goes, listen to me. I'm only interested in actions. It's hopeless to discuss a child's possible inclinations. I find it difficult enough to address, to address a man's deeds. This isn't about what the boy may be, but what the man is. I'm about the man. She goes, but there's the boy's nature. And this is literally an argument people will have about this show. The mom, his yep. own mother says, but there's the boy's nature. And she goes, leave it out of that. Sister Aloysius says, leave that out of it. And Mrs. Mueller says, forget about it then. Like, if you're going to forget about What's this one major point, then don't bring any of it up. Because you're the one forcing people to say things out loud. Things are in the air and you leave them alone if you can. That's what I know. Is that my boy came to this school because they were going to kill him in the public school. So we're lucky enough to get him here for his last year, his father don't like him. He comes here. The kids don't like him. One man is good to him. This priest. He puts out a hand to this boy. And does the man have his reasons? Sure. Everybody has their reasons. You have your reasons, sister. But do I ask the man why he's good to my son? No. I don't care why. My son needs a man to care about him and see him through to where he wants to go. And thank God this educated man with some kindness in him wants to do just that. Sister Aloysius is like, I, no, this won't, I, this will not do. And Mrs. Mueller says, it's only till June. Some things aren't black and white. 
And Mrs. Sister Aloysius Lane, sometimes they are. I'll, I'll, I'll throw your son out of the school. She goes, why would you do that? If it didn't start with him, if he, didn't tr if he truly didn't do anything, why would you hurt my son to get your way? And she says, it won't end with your son. There'll be others if they're ready. And she goes, then throw the priest out. And she goes, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. And she goes, well, what do you want from me? She is a black woman in 1964. What can she do? Exactly. And Sister Aloysius just goes, nothing. I, I was hoping you might know something that would help me. But it, it seems like you, you don't. And Mrs. Mueller says, please leave my son out of this. My husband will kill that child over a thing like this. She goes, I don't know you, sister. And you may think you're doing good. But the world's a hard place. And I don't know that you and me are on the same side. But I'll be... This is, my, this is my favorite quote in the whole, the whole she play. She says, I'll be standing with my son and those who are good with my son. And it would be nice to see you there. And she's, <laughs> she says, nice talking to you, sister. And after seven minutes on stage, that woman wins a fucking Tony. <laughs> you have to after that conversation. Like, my God. How do you go there? Well, the, the thing is, is like, specifically... Mrs. Mueller is a black woman. Yes. The black community, they're... And for the listeners, I am half black, so like I'm not speaking out of my ass when I talk about it. Um, it is... Homosexuality, specifically, is still a heavily a taboo. Like, it is super heavily a taboo. And so, in 1964, one, people aren't educated on what homosexuality is in its fullest like we do know today right. uh like in 1964 it's still classified as a mental yeah. illness so uh the the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that like mrs Mueller quite literally has no other options like and I, I, <laughs> no literally sucks. literally no other it, options it's because they're there you're like well you're the mother you should protect them is in 1964 this is what she can do which is horrific, obviously. Like, it's horrible to think about, especially with our current modern mindset. Mm -hmm. But in 1964, she very much was doing everything she could to protect her son. Yeah, she that's knew why she, she could sent just him make to it to school. high school. Mm -hmm. If he could just make it to high school, he can graduate. And in the moment he becomes an adult, he can get away from his father. Yeah. There's nothing, like, she, she, as a black woman in 1964, there is nothing she can do. Mm -hmm. Hell, even in 2020, black women are still considered the most hated person on the planet. So, um, like, just imagine it being even, like, ten times that, because that's what it was in 1964. So, like, the fact that she, she knew, but she also knew the alternative was he can suffer and potentially have a better life later, or mm -hmm. he can die. Yeah. So you tell me as a mother what I'm supposed to do. Do I kill my child to protect him from mm -hmm. the evils of the world? Or do I let him become an adult and try to figure out how to protect himself? So you tell me what I'm supposed to do. And, yeah. like, and it's, it's such a, an interesting, because it still happens to this day. Like it's still happening, especially in the black community. Like that ideology of you can't be gay and still be a part of my family is which most gay people will tell you is a thought that has crossed their mind. And unfortunately is very real for a lot of us, but like specifically in the black community, it is heavily, it is heavily 
implanted into the psyche mm-hmm. of black people that you cannot be gay and exist cohesively with the black community mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, so she absolutely, uh, I, as a millennial, of course, I find fault in her because I'm like, you should have fought. But but then you're like, but it was 1964. Yeah. Yeah, and the other person of logic and understanding of the time period and the circumstances with which she had to work with. I get it, Mrs. Mueller. Yeah. I get it. It sucks. It's literally probably the most difficult decision she's ever had to make. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think is so important is that no matter what, this woman loves her son. Yeah. And that is what, that's why my favorite line is, sister, I don't know if you and me are on the same side. I'll be standing with my son and those who are good to my son and it'd be nice to see you there. Because it's the, the only person in this world I care about is him. And I yeah. will do whatever it takes to make sure that he succeeds. And like... The definition hell, of a mother's like, love. Yeah, because like, you don't get it all the time. Yeah. That, that is not, a mother's and, love is not guaranteed. And also, parents show their love in a very specific, and, and, and very different ways. It, it's not always showering. And, and th- yeah. if I think, if, if he had been in that room, he would have known unconditional love was pouring out of that woman towards him. For sure. Because that, this is the one thing she can do, is say, as long as my son's okay, what else matters? Nothing else matters. Yeah. Which, like, fuck, what a statement. And what if, and the thing is, is, for her, it's not a statement, it's fact. Yeah. Like, this is the literal truth that we're living in, Sister Aloysius. And if you can't accept that, then don't talk to us at all. Because yep. we're only here for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Um, but uh, it also is like super interesting to see that like this is the first time someone quite literally told Sister Aloysius to shove it. Yeah. Don't bring my kid into it because it's not about him. Which is so interesting because it's like, she's right. Your yeah. war is against the priest, not this child. And she's like, but what, what happens to other kids? And she's like, that's not my problem. You, you fail to realize that sometimes I can't look beyond my own nose. It is impossible to look beyond my own nose. Yeah. So I have to protect what's mine. And it's like, crazy. It's, it's such a powerful... And like, I feel like people who haven't seen it or read it don't understand why this woman gets a Tony and or Oscar. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. they, I, I, it, for our listeners, if you haven't seen it, watch like try to find the play if you can but specifically youtube viola davis and meryl street because when i tell you 10 minutes of this scene will make you sob especially when she starts crying yeah when viola davis starts crying and she's like it's only till june and she's just like do you hear yourself and she's like do you hear yourself i'm actively telling you it's death or you ignoring what's in front of you. Yeah. Those are your two options for my son. And it's just wild to me. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just, it's, so, it's just so interesting how people... And so many people disagree. So many people think the mom is a bad mom. Fuck off. Which 
Like, like, we're literally, I'm like, you don't get it. You don't, I hope you never struggle in life, baby. If that's the way you think, I hope you never, nothing bad ever happens to you. Because the privilege is leaping out. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, that's a whole nother topic of discussion. Well, okay. So she goes, she goes, it was nice talking to you. Good morning. She gets up and leaves. Sister Alois is kind of just sitting in her office. Well, holy fuck, you thought that was dramatic. Father Flynn comes in at a 10. <laughs> and, well, not at a 10. In a controlled fury. And he goes, can I come in? And she goes, a third party would be required. And he goes, why was Donald's mother here? We're, I, I was just talking to her about what? A third party would truly be required, Father. He goes, no, sister, no third party. Me and you are due for a chat. He closes the door. We are now in the Thunderdome. I'm not even joking. It is finally time for the fight. It is time. It, now, if you have time to YouTube Viola Davis and Meryl Streep for 10 minutes, you also have time to YouTube Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman in this office. It is some of the best acting I truly, truly have ever seen. It is so good. So fucking good. Okay. Here we go. He says, You have to stop this campaign against me. And she's like, You can stop at any time by confessing and resigning. He goes, you are trying to attempt to destroy my reputation, but the result of all this is going to be your removal, not mine. And she goes, what are you even doing in this school? And he says, I'm trying to do good. And she goes, even more to the point, what are you doing in the priesthood? (gasps) Girl. And he goes, you are holding this parish back from progressive education and a welcoming church. And she goes, you can't distract me, Father. You can throw all these accusations at me, but I'm about one thing. I'm here. This isn't about my behavior. It's about yours. And she goes, I have suspicions that you gave that boy wine to drink and you let him take the blame. Um, And he goes, that's untrue. You can... You can talk to Mr. McGinn. He knows that Donald drank this wine. And she goes, oh, Mr. McGinn knows that the boy drank wine. He doesn't know how he came to drink the wine. Um, But I'm not satisfied with anybody's answers that they've given me right now. Um, uh, And she says, I think he's protecting you. And that's what he's been doing this whole time. And he goes, why would he do that? And she says, because you seduced him. And he goes, you're insane. You've got it in your head that I've corrupted this child after giving him wine and nothing I will say will change that. And she goes, that's right. And he goes, but correct me if I'm wrong. This has nothing to do with the wine. Not really. You've had a fundamental mistrust of me before this incident. And you told Sister James to be on the lookout for me. And she goes, that's true. And he goes, so you admit it? And she says, certainly. And he goes, why? She goes, I know people. And... That might not be enough for some people, but it won't have to be because you're going to tell me what you've done. And she goes, he goes, I'm not one of your little, I'm not a student. Sister James thinks I'm innocent. And she goes, oh, so you've talked to Sister James. Mm. Of course you've talked to Sister James, like privately. Of course you sought her out privately and talked to Sister James. Um, And so he goes, I want to know what convinced you so thoroughly That I'm a bad person. And she goes, why does it matter? Because it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why people don't like you. And so she says, 
uh, on the first day of school, I saw you grab L- William London's wrist, and I saw him pull away. And he goes, that's it? And she goes, yep, that's it. And he goes, that's crazy. And she goes, I, I don't really care. So he starts writing down. He pulls out his little book. And he goes, well, she goes, what are you writing? And he goes, I'm writing down what you say. I tend to get too flustered to remember things. So I need to write all this down when I go to the powers that be and tell them why you need to be removed as head of this school. She goes, all right, well, you also need to write down that uh, before I talked to Mrs. Mueller today, I called your last parish. And he goes, well, what did he say? She says, who? And he goes, the pastor. And she said, I didn't talk to a pastor. I spoke to one of the nuns. And he goes, you, shouldn't have, you should have spoken to the pastor. And she goes, I, I spoke to a nun. And he goes, that's not the proper route for you to have taken, sister. The church is very clear. You're supposed to go through the pastor. And she goes, why? Do you have an understanding, you and he, Father Flynn? You have a history. This is your third parish in five years. And he goes, call the pastor and tell, ask him why I left. And she goes, I'm not calling the pastor. And he goes, I'm a good priest. He goes, you will go after another child and another until you are stopped. And he goes, what nun did you speak to? And she goes, I won't say. And he goes, I have not touched a child. And she goes, you have. And he says, you don't have the slightest bit of proof. And she goes, but I have my certainty. And armed with that, I will go to your last parish. And the one before that, if necessary, I will find a parent, Father Flynn. Trust me, I will. A parent who probably doesn't know that you're still working with children. And once I do, you will be exposed and you may even be attacked, metaphorically or otherwise. And he goes, you have no right to act on your own. You are a member of a religious order. You have taken vows, obedience being one of them. You answer to us. You have no right to step outside the church. This woman loses her mind in the best way. And she goes, I will step outside the church if that's what needs to be done, though the door should shut behind me. I will do what needs to be done, Father, if that means I'm damned to hell. You should understand that or you will mistake me. Now, did you give Donald Mueller wine to drink? And he goes, have you never done anything wrong? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, and? She goes, I confessed it. Did you give Donald Mueller wine to drink? He goes, Whatever I've done, I have left in the healing hands of my confessor, as have you. We are the same. <laughs> oh, baby, that was, you almost had us, girl. You had us in the first half. Sure did. <laughs> and she goes, we are not the same. A dog that bites is a dog that bites. I do not justify what I do wrong and go on. I admit it, desist, and take my medicine. Did you motherfucking give Donald Mueller wine to drink? And she goes, he goes, no. And she goes, mental reservations. No. She goes, you lie. You just lie. This is my favorite line of the show. She goes, very well. If you won't leave my office, I will. And once I go, I will not stop. She starts to go and he goes, wait. That's all she needed was to be stopped. She turns around and she goes, you will request a transfer from this parish. You will take a leave of absence until it is granted. And she goes, he goes, and do what? My life is here. She goes, don't. 
He goes, please, we're pe- aren't, I, aren't I flesh and blood? Even I, I can't tell you what happened. There are things I can't say, even if you can't imagine the explanation. Even if you feel certainty. Huh? And here we go. Even if you feel certainty, that is an emotion and not a fact. In the spirit of charity, I appeal to you. On behalf of my life's work, you have to behave responsibly. I put myself in your hands. And she goes, I don't want you. And he says, my reputation is at stake. She goes, you can preserve your reputation. Your work in the community should be discontinued. And he goes, you'll leave me with nothing. And she goes, that's not true. It's Donald who has nothing. And you took full advantage of that. Okay. She says, you are a cheat. And that warm feeling you experienced when that boy looked at you with trust was not the sensation of virtue. It can be got by any drunkard from his tot of rum. You are a disgrace to the collar. And the only reason you haven't been thrown out of the church is the decline in uh, vocations. And he says, I can fight you. And she says, you will lose. And he says, where's your compassion? And she says, nowhere you can get to it. She says, stay here, compose yourself, use the phone if you like. Good day, Father. I have no sympathy for you. I know you're invulnerable to true regret. And cut your nails. (gasps) (laughs) The read, honey, the read. Okay, so here we go. The last scene of this show. Don't. Why did, why did, why, why do you instantly start crying thinking about the last scene? I mean, I know why, but like, why? Okay. So, Sister Aloysius is sitting in a garden. Sister James is back, y'all. Sister Aloysius says, she sees her coming up and she goes, hey, how's your brother? She goes, better, much better. She goes, good, I prayed for him. And she's like, it was really nice to get away. I, I needed to see my family and it was, it was too long. And Sister James says, I noticed Father Flynn is gone. Where, where did he go to? And Sister Aloysius says, He's, he's at St. Jerome's now. And she goes, oh, so you did it. You got him out. And she says, but Donald, Donald is heartbroken that he's gone. And Sister Aloysius says, it can't be helped. It's only till June. Hmm. And Sister James says, well, I don't think Father Flynn did anything wrong. He, he convinced me he didn't. And Sister James says, did you ever prove it? And she says, what? And she says, that he interfered with Donald. And she goes, did I ever prove it to who? And Sister James says, anybody but yourself. And she says, no. And Sister James says, but you were sure. And Sister Aloysius says, yeah. And she says, I wish I could be like you. And Sister Aloysius says, why? And Sister James says, because I can't sleep at night anymore. Everything seems so uncertain to me. And she says, maybe we're not supposed to sleep so well, Sister James. They made uh, they made Father Flynn um, pastor of St. Jerome's. Uh, it's, it's basically a promotion. He, he basically left that school and got a promotion. And Sister James says, you didn't tell anybody? She goes, oh, I told. I went to the Monsignor and, and told him, but he did not believe it to be true. And she said, well, then why did Father Flynn even leave? Like, what did you say to make him go? And she said, I told him that I had called a nun in his previous parish, that I had found out his prior history of infringements. And she goes... So you did prove it. And Sister James, or Sister Aloysius says, I was lying. I, I never made a phone call. And Sister James says, you lied? And she said, yes, but 
If he had had no such history, the lie wouldn't have worked. His resignation was his confession. He was what I thought he was. And now he's gone. (laughs) And Sister James says, I can't believe you lied. And Sister Aloysius says, in the pursuit of wrongdoing, one steps away from God. Of course, there is a prize. And Sister James says, oh, so he is in another school now. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, oh, Sister James. And she goes, what is it? And she goes, I have doubts. (laughs) She's like, I have such doubts. And that is the end of the show. She has doubts. She has doubts on whether she did the right thing, whether she ruined a person's life. And and she's also having a crisis of faith on everything she has believed in in her life. She went against it for one person. Yep. It's so good. So, so my favorite question. Okay. Which is what I was about to ask. And I want you to answer well, first. You okay? You go. No. Are, why, who, do you think he did it? Who? Um. No. Okay. Do you want my answer? Go for it. I think he did it, just not at this school. I think he truly just wanted to be Donald Mueller's friend, but he had done it at other schools, which is why her lie worked. Absolutely. I think um, I fully believe that Father Flynn is a repressed homosexual. Like, like they, there's just like uh, it's just it's the amount of context written into it is like not subtle yeah. at all. Like it, it is like, and that's the point of the play is that it's not supposed because it's supposed to leave you going, well, is he or isn't he? Is it a lie or is it not a lie? But I think specifically in the context of Donald Mueller, I think she was wrong. Yeah, uh, I think because specifically, I think it's the idea of like the idea of kindred spirits. Donald Mueller found someone who could understand. Yeah, I think had it been left longer, like had the altar wine altercation not been caught, it probably would have gone that route. Yeah, but I think specifically this time it did not. But then my other question for you is: Do you think Sister Aloysius is wrong? For what she did, or do you think she was wrong about accusing him? I both. No, because she was doing what she could to protect a child she thought was in trouble. And I will, I will always stand by children being protected. Yes. If, 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 if it had all blown up in her face and there had been proof... At least she could have stepped back and said, I, th- I was doing what I thought was right. But there was no yeah. proof. There was, there, was, there was not that. There was not an explosion of facts. So, and, she, and she got rid of the person she thought was causing the problem. So in her mind, she, she went out protecting a child. That's all she could do. I, I fully agree. I, I am on the side of children need to be protected. And it's better to err... And say he did it, and then be proven wrong, 
than to be right and not say anything. Yeah, the, um, go crazy first and apologize later. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think how to word this? Um, if you were Sister Aloysius, would you have stepped down after this? <sighs> yeah. Or I, 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 I absolutely would have. Maybe not from being a nun, but working at the school. For sure. Just at the end of the show, it, she is, it literally says in quotation, Sister Aloysius is bent with emotion. Sister James comforts her. Like, this is a woman who has spent her entire life building her way up to be in a position of power. And now she just does not know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, my, I love that Sister James is like, yeah, but you lied. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you, sometimes you have to lie. Sometimes you have to step away from God. And Sister James goes, no, you lied. Yeah. Like, and I, I love that. Like, cause that's that innocence that she had at the beginning, that very black and white of going, if you wanted to find the truth, absolutely find the truth. But what you did is wrong because of how you went about it. Mm -hmm. Which I think is also the other half of the important side of the story is like, obviously protect children, do that. That's important. But the other whole point of this is make sure how you're going about it. Yeah. Because you have the potential to destroy a lot of lives if you're not careful. Well, including your own. Yes. As opposed to, Singling out the person who you believe is doing wrong. Yeah. You can hurt everyone. Uh, which I think is what Sister James represents in the whole play is that you're... She's the... the what is it? Uh, the superego? Yeah. Because, you know, like, the it is your carnal desires and then your superego is, like, your, like, extreme logic goodness. I'm a superhero. But then, like, your ego is the combination of the two. So I feel like she's... The super ego where she's, she's like, you, you can't, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like the, what you're doing is wrong. Um, so like, it's just, it's just so interesting. Cause like the world, we are sister Aloysius. Yeah. And so every decision we make, do we follow the sister James in our life or do we attack based on what we think we know? Yeah. From the id, also known as father Flynn. So... It's just it's just so complex. It's such but a at good the end show. Of the day, I think she did the right thing. Yeah, I think she did the right thing. Um, I think that her attack on Mrs. Mueller was fucked, and one hundred percent of it's my favorite comeback is Mrs. Mueller being like, "Nah, bitch, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my story. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing this to keep my son alive. Yeah. So it's but, it's ooh, such a good show. Shit. I I cannot I cannot recommend watching this movie enough. I haven't found a a decent bootleg of it. Um that isn't like a, a college doing it. Um not to say the colleges yeah. are bad, but it's it it takes a, a an older woman to play Sister Aloysius. Um Well I it's the idea of like like when I see high schoolers playing like characters who are thirty, I'm like, baby, you don't know anything what this character's gone yeah. through. Like you you don't get so, it. So so watch um, the Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Viola Davis movie. You will not regret it. It is so good. It is so good. It is amazing. Um But uh the important thing I think about this, like other than like obviously the initial 
point of this musical to like what is play what is doubt and like what how does it affect us as people Mm -hmm. um today in 2020 uh you know the year of our lord for those of us uh who partake um it is it is so relevant (laughs) it is so relevant because it's uh um there is so much doubt happening so like who do we who do we believe who who do we believe well yeah what do what do we believe well and the, it's like it's literally that one line in his beginning monologue where he says it's right here it says doubt can be a bond as powerful and sustaining as certainty when you are lost you are not alone and, and it's like oh, like we talked about earlier it's like we're all kind of just like sitting here wondering like i did my part now what mama we're all sitting here wondering I did what I could, now what? And reach out to your friends. Reach out to your friends if you need to. I highly encourage trying to find a therapist. Uh, I know it's quarantine times and money is tight, but there's accessible therapy for you out there. Um, It's just reach out to people if you need to. For sure. Which is why I wanted to do this show. It's it's, it's so pertinent to... uh, what is going? It, it, the plot might not be, but the the feeling and the yeah. themes are. The the idea of uh, collective trauma, which is which is what that is. It's called collective trauma. It's the idea of a group of people experiencing the same thing. Yeah, and like uh, so, like specifically, um, the uh, black community in America. We have collective trauma from four hundred years of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and it's still happening today. But America specifically has collective trauma from this election. So we are all bound in despair whether which side of the election we're on. Uh, and so it's just so interesting to see it play out. Yeah. Well, well but also wild. Yeah. Uh, wild, wild time. So I hope you liked our first um, play, our first straight play episode it was it was a heavy one uh honey we started we we started at a 10 full father well i think this was our first really heavy episode yeah because you won't do the one i want to do which is color purple you have to stop that's got it's coming i'm gonna do it i have not done it um bj do you have anything to plug oh my gosh uh uh two things go for it uh, so, uh, I play live action D&D, uh, on Thursdays on twitch.tv, uh, look up fandom encounters, all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, I play, it's a Percy Jackson themed Dungeons and Dragons game. Super fun. Uh, but you can also find the podcast version of it on, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What's it called? And I'm also a part of, a, it's called, uh, Fandom Encounters. Oh, okay. Dice and Demigods. Um, you can also find me playing D&D on another podcast called I Eat the Dragon. Uh, Hosted by word, Dylan, who's fun. been on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan is the dungeon master for that campaign. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and we're fighting spoopy vampires currently, so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm doing during quarantine right now, is I'm doing a lot of podcasts and playing D&D. So you can find me there. I love that for you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
It's a great. And of course, being a recurring guest on this lovely show. Please. Uh, and you'll have many more an episode. Um, okay, well, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off, and we'll see you next week with... I'm very excited for our next week's episode. It's going to be very good. We're going to have a new host next week, so it's going to be good. Um, Betrayal. Enough. Uh, so, like a drunk person in the end of every show, it is time to black out.